0: Hi there, welcome to the More Simple Podcast. This is a podcast for Blacks, Asians, and those who love them. I am Mo, and I am your host, ready to spark your curiosity as I take you on this adventurous ride of exploring cultures through the stories of my guests from all over the world. On this show, we get really personal discussing salient issues that are relevant to our contemporary age and also building community around them as our guests exercise courage and vulnerability in sharing their life's experiences we hope that in turn you are inspired by them and that you get the courage in it to set your own stories free enjoy the ride and thank you so much for listening Welcome back everybody to the podcast. This is Mo and
1: <laughs> Ayamide.
0: Yay, finally. Oh, we have had quite the morning, guys. You have no idea. Um, we've had a guest who's had who has the patience of job because we've had a lot of technical issues ranging from my operating system to <laughs> I am Eday's epileptic network. I mean, what are the odds of two things of that? Two, 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 those two things happening on a Saturday. But you know, when it rains, it was. Um, Today on the show, we have Choma Onwakolo. I met her in secondary school. Best believe it. This is dating back to about many years ago. I'm not <laughs> going to say exactly where, but we go, we go a long way. And I think Choma is just one of those people. I have her on Facebook. I don't think we've talked since we left, um, secondary school. She's, she was actually a year my, um, junior in secondary school. Well. So I haven't, like, picked up the phone to talk to her, but we've had each other on Facebook and I see what she does. You know how you just have this feeling that you're close to somebody on Facebook, but you don't really talk to them. And I know um with um, me recently sharing about our daughter Arife, She's one of the online aunties And she's always, always, you know, excited to see pictures of Arife. So recently we got into a conversation And uh, she was like, I want to see more of her pictures And then we got talking about her work, what she's up to And I'm like, I need to bring you on the podcast she, You've got some, you know, really interesting stuff going on So a quick introduction about her she We both went to secondary school together She studied BSc Economics from the University of Abuja and a postgraduate education degree from Nigeria Teachers Institute in Kaduna. She's a registered teacher with Teachers Registration Council, Montessori trained, and has, has a master's in public administration. She was fully active in the classroom from 2011 to 2019, and she's taught a variety of learners from pre-group to grade five, um, neurotypical and children with special needs. She works with children on the autism spectrum, and currently she's working in a government agency, but still dedicates time to work with kids on the spectrum, helps develop, you know, individual educational plans, IEPs, and recommend to parents methods to help their kids, and she does this on a freelance level. Everyone, please join us in welcoming Ms. Chama Ocola to the podcast. Hey, Chama. <laughs>
2: Oh. hi hi everyone thank hi. you thank you for having me
0: here thank you for, for sticking through all of the network issues you've had um you are you know you're just a fantastic guest oh
2: thank you
0: can you just tell us a little bit about what growing up was like for you because i know you grew up in lagos but then you're not living in Lagos anymore just tell us how growing up in lagos was what growing up was like for you and how you found yourself in Abuja eventually.
2: uh, So growing up in Lagos was really hectic. It was really noisy. Lagos is really crazy. Like, uh, because we live at the downtown of Lagos, you wake up with all the noise in the morning. And um, growing up, um, being that we went to the same secondary school in a very calm environment, I thought Lagos wasn't it for me because it doesn't suit my personality. Um, I like quiet. I like um, privacy. And secondly, Lagos had um, the wrong ideas of what I wanted to do with my life in the future. Uh, We had a lot of teenage pregnancies going around on the streets. This one is dating that person. But I wanted more. I wanted to go to school. So I left Lagos um two thousand and four to just to because I just nearly to get admission into university of just and on getting to just just was too cold. You know when you're coming from um a climb that is too hot to a climate that is too cold. Um, the transition it was was crazy. Like I couldn't cope with the cold with the fact that I'm asthmatic. I couldn't breathe. Um, I had nasal bleeding, I had lots of things going on elsewhere. So I spoke to my parents and I was like, Dad, Mom, just is not it. And I said, Okay, I am good. Um, Abuja's weather is calmer; is nice. I think you would prefer Abuja to that. So I moved to Abuja and I wrote jam. I got um the admission that year, and since then I've been. I've been in Abuja. Do I visit Lagos from time to time? But hey, it's not my favorite part of the world right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: I, I mean, I, I'm a proud Lagosian, ultra true and true. I'm actually <laughs> from Lagos. So, as yes. you were talking, I'm like, why is the lie though? You know. It's like, <laughs> you, you have that we uncle, but you don't want somebody else talking about your we uncle, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. we get it, we get it. Uh, a lot of us from Lagos and who live in Lagos, we don't have a choice but to just love her. She's she's such a beautiful mess. And I grew up like you, you know, in a very boitous part of Lagos. I grew up in Shumala, by the way. Which, you know, had its own sound. I think I kind of sometimes I actually miss those noise, believe it or not. I think because I live in a place that is a totally different, um, setup, like here yeah, is so quiet. I'll give to just hear, yeah, you know, somebody banging on, on the gate or, um, hocking their goods in the morning, hot bread, <laughs> soft bread. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Anyways, um, so it's, it's good to kind of hear just your experience in Lagos and, and I think the beauty about Nigeria is you, you tend to find what really works for you. And not, not everybody has that luxury. Not everybody has that luxury to like move. So that's, I'm glad to find what's working for you. So you went to Oyo, right? And I've had Olivia and Kendi here. I've had um, Kilichi here talking about mm-hmm. the expresses in oil.
1: Can you just mm-hmm. walk us
0: through um your like what oyo was like for you and how would you say Oyo has impacted the woman you are today? For context, those who don't know what we are talking about Oyo. We all went to a boarding school, Federal Government Girls College Oyo. Oyo is one of the southwestern states in Nigeria. And being in a boarding school means that you hold up with other girls, it was a single sex school to so all girls for the next five to six years, which was quite an experience. So, can you just tell us in quick words, like, you know, how oil was like for you and how do you think it's informed your process to date?
2: Okay, for me, FGGC oil, it will forever be home to me. Oh. It actually molded me to the woman I was. But, um, starting up there, we all went to school quite early, <laughs> so getting to oil. Adapting number one was the Now, how old
0: were you? I was nine when I got to Oyo. I
2: was like eight, thereabouts. I was still bedwetting. I bedwetted all through my junior class. Till I oh, no. <laughs> I was <stayed> busy. <laughs> you do not even waiting for me to be able to control my bladder before sending me off to that. The trauma. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, I, I, said, I can't even think say of sending like, like five years from now to a boarding house. No,
2: yeah. No, I was like, "I'll get I'll wake up very early in the morning. I'll roll and my mattress
0: and then go and I'll dry it. Then
2: I'll throw my mattress.
0: Oh no, I'll my
2: mattress. I was sleeping on a bunk without mattress.
0: Oh my gosh!
2: Until my mom visited, I went to the principal's house. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what my mother told the principal, but she came back, she asked the driver to put a mattress in his car and take it to the for me. The principal? But,
0: uh, energy, Honestly. Babaniji. Wow. True.
2: She, wow. I <laughs> <laughs> they took to me <laughs> for me, <to> me <laughs> It was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. And, uh, you know, I learned how to eat um, fast. I've always been a slow a picky eater. But when I went to you, I left how to eat. Fast. And now I don't know I don't know how to eat slow anymore. That's you it eat all. it. Hot and, and fast. You know, and fast before the count I can't of even ten, <laughs> I can even eat running. I can eat yeah, running.
0: They give me for that, because <laughs> they, they are chasing you.
2: Before <laughs> the count of 10, the place is empty. It's empty. There we go. And yeah. um um funny enough I learned the Yoruba language there. Yeah. I learned really? the, this yes. is speak yes. it. This is speak it. I, I was uh, once, once I speak it. Once, once you I can hear, you, you can hear. Perfect. They can't hear you. They can't hear me. Even before the OAP, before you start rolling <laughs> the tape for me, I will finish it for you. <laughs> uh, oh, it's beautiful. Beautiful. It, it, it helped me develop the love for Amala and Abula. That is my best mute. Really? Me. Till date. Feel
0: this. It's, funny, it's funny for you because I know you love my able friends, don't like Amala. They don't like the look of Amala.
2: I love Amala with Abula and Egufe <laughs> with Awara. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> ah, no. <laughs> and I love the people I made most friends there. Oh. We're still friends to date. I think majority of my friends stream back from uh, from secondary school. I'm not in contact with any of my schoolmates in the university, but that of my secondary school, or you gave me sisterhood, or you gave me friendship, or y'all then you built confidence for me. Mm,
0: mm, mm. It's mm. built
2: confidence for me. Mm. And there are some things I do now. My mom isn't shocked anymore. She'll be like, oh, she you went to FGGC, or you?
0: Like what? I'm curious, like oh, what?
2: Okay, like, um, when we were back at school, you know this thing that they do for xs students? The school writes to your parents. Then one Monday morning, they tell all of you to march to the hall. And we went to the hall that morning, and we still see our parents there. Apparently, they told our parents in the letter that we were not attending classes. Some <laughs> people were scaling school fences. Some people were climbing mango trees. Some students, their parents will leave them in the some students, their parents will leave them in the park. Instead of coming to school, they go to their boyfriend's house, they resume school two weeks after resumption date. And I got there and they kept talking and talking and talking. So when they finished talking, they said, Does any student want to say anything? And I raised up my hand and man, that incident. Anybody in my set can always uh, remember that incident. Uh, uh, I raised off my hand and I came out and they said, "What do I want to say?" And I said, "Um, actually, that this thing is a triangular problem. It strips from the parents, the students, and the teachers." Huh? The parents, you don't even come to visit us. Okay, now that I'm talking, Mr. Awokolo, um, stand up. Where are you? I was referring to my father because my father never visited me in
0: school. Mm.
2: He only dropped me off, and that is all. It's my mom that keeps coming.
0: That was my pe- that was so, my father too. They came twice when I started analysis. and when I left.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yes, that is the only time he comes. So, like, Mr. Wokolo stand up, and all the parents turned back, and I did not know that my mom was there. I thought maybe they missed my house when they went to share the letter. And my mom just oh. trauma. And she waved at me. I was "Like Oh, you see, it's only my mom guys. <laughs> because I was about disgracing my mom. Too. And like from there, oh, we we're able to. I I think the meeting went a long way because we had lots of teachers. Instead of teachers, they tell you you're supposed to be in your own house by this age. What are you doing in school? Your mates are getting married. Your mates are getting pregnant. And my economics teacher kept walking me out of the class every time we had economics. That was why I studied economics in the
0: university. Uh,
2: uh, uh. I told him, I told him to his face, Sir, I'm going to teach your children economics. So I had to read my essential economics from back to back. I had to sit for a while without having a teacher guide me or teach me economics. Uh. I had to pass economics. I had to read economics in the university because I felt I had a point to prove to my teacher. But at the end of the day, did I really have a point to prove to me? I don't know. I was just doing it for me at the end of the day.
0: Wow. The so all day. your confidence, um, the language, I think all all is just in addition to just some of the soft skills you develop and you need to have in life, it's also like cultural patience and understanding because the beauty about those unity schools is that they bring kids from all over the country into a different geopolitical zone than they're used to. And then you're people. It's why for me, you know, wherever you're from in Nigeria or anywhere you're from in the world, I can still find something to talk to you about. I don't see people like, oh, we can't talk to this group of people. Because I just thought you that you can actually get along with most people as long as you can find a commonality, a common ground of conversations. Yeah, yeah, there, was
2: lot of, there was a lot of diversity from different backgrounds, different yes, schools, yes, um, yes, different yes. Um, social mix. Um, you'd see stepsisters, one is a Muslim, the other one is a Christian, and you just, wow. It teaches you tolerance, religious tolerance, tra- you yes, be able to yes, yeah. You know when they are fasting. You know in fact you up if your bunkmate is a Muslim and it's time for Sarah. You, yeah, you, you actually you wake, wake them wake up, them up
0: yeah, yeah,
2: yourself like so that they don't miss their food. So it, it yeah. teaches you love too. Because I still got my friends from Oyo and we talk like every day. So it gives you this some um, sense of um belonging sense
1: uh, of belonging okay so uh, yeah just thanks for sharing all of that stuff about the school and and the sort of the impact it had on you um i'm not sure if you've i i, I suspect you probably answered this a bit in your talk but i was wondering what, what do you think um, would help for the Nigerian educational system that could have been better. Mm. I, I don't know if you spoke to that already. In 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 well, actually, no. Let me just. I'm I'm assuming some of what you said speaks to it already. But um, yeah, if you could go into a bit more detail, like just from your experience, what do you think could be different or could be better about how the system works? Okay, for the leader, you. What you like to say about in the day?
2: Uh, All right. So, for the educational sector, what does it take to work? All right. Um, you, you know that in Nigeria, uh, apart from the government schools that are being run by the government, we have uh, predominant like private schools, most private schools. So, let me start from the government schools to the private schools. Now, for the government schools, we have a situations where a situations where, um, you know that getting teachers into school now. Majorly, employment process in Nigeria is who you know, no longer passion, no longer yeah. your drive for what you want. So most time, people and most time, uh, people actually take this um, teaching field for like a is actually where you sit and wait before the next best job comes in. The next best job comes in. So a local government can afford to put in is people that are not well qualified for that job there because it's based on who you know, why they wait for a better thing to come by. Now those who have the passion, who are uh, who are purpose-driven, are not even into that job at that period. You understand? So what the um government can actually do is that uh, just for people that are really passionate about the job. Get them there. Not teachers are, uh, okay, when I was doing youth service, I served in a place where the teachers were sleeping with all their female students. And it's Eh? a boarding school. Yes. The girls are supposed to be in the hostel. But instead, the girls are in the teacher's house, in the staff quarters. The principal is going to look and turn the other way. Why? Because of the person that actually gave this teacher the job. So what is the... um, the supervisory council doing about it, the, the inspectorate, they'll say that they are doing inspections. They go to the school. The day that you're doing inspection, you inform the school before coming. The school, they will rearrange themselves before you even get there. At times, they are too busy and they are busy sh- chasing the brown envelope. So you see that it's just covered with lots of mess, lots of corruption. Now, even if the government is in... All it can do. Parents these days are not even helping the educational sector. A, a child who wants to sit for the parents is asking for the, you know, the miracle center. Parents are uh. asking for where they can just write and pass immediately. So it uh. it has to be. It's not just the government; it's an everybody's thing. It's an everybody's thing because. Those in government, we're also the citizens. They're also the parents. If you don't have good citizenship, you don't have a good government. They all move from citizenship into government. So, if the government wants to fix the educational sector, they would. They should know that a lot needs to go into play. A lot needs to be done. And most people in this government, they also have private schools too. So why would I like even get the government school working when my school is going to suffer, which is a private school? You understand? Yeah. So, so it, it um it takes a whole community. It takes a whole people. It takes Nigerians. It takes all of us. If we're going to fix the education sector, it takes all of us. So it's not something that is the government. It's not just for the government. Let's not just leave it for the government you know. takes all of it. I hope I've been able to answer that question.
1: Yeah, thanks for that. Um, <laughs> um I but yeah, I I mean you're you're, you're onto something in the fact of the fact you know in, in the fact that um it it does take it does take change to happen on a sort of mass level. Um, although, normally, I would still argue that you still need a leader to drive that because, yeah. you know, like, historically, humans never change as a group just like that. Somebody has uh-huh. to drive it. And so, you know, you know, there's nowhere, as far as I'm aware, where everybody just decided to change without somebody mm. leading. Mm. Yeah, true. Um, it
2: has to have a driver first before everybody um, catch into the flu and, um, and do it. It's quite true. And I think it, um, it now boils down to the person that is going to do it because, you know, it's actually situations that bring about a change. It's actually situations that make one person that will sit and be like, oh, we need this change, especially in the academic, se- um, academic um, sector. But now, let's not forget Our country is the kind of that's why I keep in this country. is who you know, you know, you find that the person that they even make the minister of education is not even an educationist in the first place. The person doesn't know the nitty gritty of being in the school. You, you following me, Doctor Yamide, right? So yeah, when, 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 when the person has not been there before, how would the person know about the 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 sad the decay in the educational sector? That I it all depends. And when you go to school, mm. you have parents, teachers, association everywhere scattered all around. These are supposed to be the change drivers. The teachers are supposed to Associate with the school and tell the school what they want, the expectations they have for their children per time. It could take just one parent. I notice my child doesn't read. My child has difficulty in reading. My child is six and can't make the alphabet sound. And my child is thing. So, what have you been doing to teach the child? So, they have the, they have the, forum of the parent teachers association who is supposed to be the community drivers as I say it takes all of us it takes all the parents in that PTA to know to effect the change they really want to see to bring about the change in the, because if one school is doing it right the next school will want to know what is going on in that school before you know it actually migrates it, it starts from one before it could go to all so
0: that is just it for me. I mean, even adding to that frustration is currently now. I think ASO has been on strike. ASO, for those who don't know, is the um, Association of is it Universities in Nigeria, and they've been on strike in for the past since February. So we are coming up to like about how many months is that? Eight months, you know, as academic staff yeah, union of universities.
1: Senior university something I I know academic senior staff
0: university. un I think academic and, staff union of universities, right? And what they do is that they they're really <laughs> responsible for you're running. Right, you're right. Right? Yes, you're correct. Go on. Yeah, 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 So I mean they hold the university system in a in a they go on strike then almost like if they, if they sneeze, everybody catches a cold. Every university in Nigeria catches a cold, uh, catch a cold or whatever. Anyways, um, so students have been on strike. Um, students have been home for the past since February. They've lost, you know, a whole academic year. And these are like, if you know anything about the demographic of Nigeria, like more than 40% of our demographic are the youth. So you're looking at, you know, healthy working force, you know, just being stuck at home compared to their counterparts. I mean, the educational system as a whole has been lagging behind already. And this has not even been um something to write home about. I think it also adds to what IMD um, was saying. If we need change, we need someone to start it. You know, that top-down approach. Um so my follow-up question around education would be this. So I know you have um you've made some careers before we talk about your current career. I know one of the things you do is you um, you work with children with special needs. I, by virtue of being a foster parent, I've been able to get a little bit of of a glimpse into what it really takes, and I still have no idea because unless you have a child with special needs or somebody you're taking care of, you have no idea what it's really like. So I'm not going to beat my chest and say I know everything, but being a foster parent and you know fostering a couple of kids here and there, you get to understand. Just how having a system in place to equip parents and you know set the student in a path that can make them you know at least um have have something they can walk around with in this world where everybody's moving at such a fast pace, so what got you into special um working with children's with special needs, and what would you say are some of the challenges and you know the the best part of it?
2: All right, so <clears throat> my working with children with special needs actually started by accident. I I never planned on going into special needs. I'd been teaching young um, neurotypical children. That was how I started my educational um career. I stayed teaching children. And uh, along the line, I had to leave the school for a bit. I got a job somewhere, and I went over there to do the job. Now, the job wasn't relating to school. Now, why I needed the time off was I was running my master's degree at that point, and um, where I was teaching presently wouldn't allow me to go back to school. So I needed to go back to school. So I had to stop the job for a while before I could go back. Um, before to finish up school, then go back. So when I finished, when I, I just took a space of one year and on going back, um, I said, okay, let me not just go back to my other school. Let me do, there's this school down the road of my house. Let me just go and apply there and see what happens. And I went there. I trained my CV. They called me, interview. I did interview and they asked me to see and they asked me, do you know what autism is about? That was the first time I was very autism. I've never heard of autism in my life before. So I was like, well, I don't know about autism, but if you ask me to read about it and come back the next day for this interview, it I'll be able to give you a reply." And they were like, "Oh, there'll be no need for that." What we they went on to say that the opening is for a teacher that can work with a child on uh, with autism. And I was like, okay, let me okay, let me just give it a try. I don't know why it is, but this sounds like adventure to me. And they I like, okay, start tomorrow. And the next day I went in into um the one-on-one classroom. Because the child was actually on one-on-one, wasn't mainstreaming into the majority class, so was on one-on-one, and I was to sit in and observe, and I sat in, and the the girl started um, self-injurious behavior. I ran out, like they had to go and catch me at the. I ran out of the school totally because I did not know what was going on. I just saw someone. Biting her hands, eating her head. What was happening in the head? And I was like, I went back to the supervisor and I was like, you want me to teach math, children? <laughs> Ignorant me. Little did I know. And um, he was like, okay, I'm going to give you some books. You read about it. You read about autism and come back to me. Let us have a talk. So he gave me some books. I read about it. I went back to him. And one of the books that really helped me was um, The Reason Why I Jump. That was one book that, that opened the door of um, autism for me. And when I read that book and when I went back to the teacher, uh, to the supervisor, and we kept talking. And I thought, man, I think I love this challenge. I think I like this thing. Let me um, let me do it. And for each day I come into class, I resign after the class. It is not a walk in the park. It's not fun. Because now these are children that um, therapy wasn't, um, they did not start therapy on time. And you know that with autism, early therapy is key. You have um, kids going into and pretty, thin, and they're with autism and um, they've never had therapy before and being that they could, they cannot communicate their needs they need to communicate in other ways apart from the proper behavior. So you at times I get blows I get blows in my eyes I get my head being pulled I get um, I get um, slapped by my by, I call them a kid but we find um, what I father about these children is that they teach you to teach them you fall in love with them naturally Oh, so you must fall in love they will love, the, the make you love them and they will make you so when they are getting to, to the point of um, eating the trauma by then, you would have already um, impacted the right communication m- means to them. They already tell you what they want. If they like, want the lights off, you turn off the lights. If they want the windows closed, you do that. If they want music, if they want you to reduce the tempo of your voice, if their clothes feels itchy or tight, they communicate it before the negative behavior comes up. You understand. So that is what, you um, know, um, working with aut- oh, autism, how my journey to autism started. I taught nursery school. Um, from nursery school, I became a primary school teacher. I graduated into the primary school class. From the primary school class, I became the Helenos teacher. That is the teacher without the classroom. Um, I was only going to the class where there is problem. The classroom where, uh, where parents report or uh, the um the classroom where the parents reports a lot because sometimes um, parents give negative feedbacks. The school actually sends me there to remedy the situation. It could be based on the children learning, and being that those schools were actually neurotypical schools. It took me to start um, working with autistic children to find out that most of the children there would have done better if um, would have done better if they have uh, a, um, um, a one-on-one interface interaction with the teachers. Uh, uh, they learn on their own pace uh, because not all of them were actually learning on their own pace. And we believe that once five children in the classroom can answer you, you believe all the kids can actually understand the concept. So it took me working with autistic children. I have seen some some behaviours that I would have loved to, that if I was equipped with the understanding now, I would have been able to advise parents of or, or, or some kids, like, no oh man, um, do, do you think you want to take your child to the hospital? Do you think you want to see a doctor? Um, maybe a pediatrician, Um, I'll be able to give better advice. But autism, um, working with children with autism actually opened my mind, It broadened my scope on the um, academics section. And it's sad that it's only private entities that actually um, give um, therapy to children with autism. You hardly find them you hardly find a specialized class like that in the government school. And it breaks my heart deeply because you have most children in government schools that are actually autistic and there's nobody taking care of them. They get bullied. They get pushed. They they get names. People call them witch. <sighs> you wouldn't want to be in those children's shoes you don't want to be there because nobody really understands that. Your classroom teacher doesn't even know what autism is all about. Now, I'm going to show you a story of um, when I started teaching um, the child, um, children on the spectrum. We call autism spectrum because it differs from one person to another person. That is called a spectrum. They can have same symptoms. But, and also have different symptoms too. So when you know one individual with autism, you only know one. You, you don't know the rest. That is the thing about autism. So I was going to church and I saw this girl, um, she was laughing. No, um, other kids were throwing stones at her and she was trying to stand up. And I stopped one of the children and I said, why are you throwing stones at this girl? And she said, she's, she's mad. The other one said that she's a witch. And I looked at this girl. This was like a full-blown case of autism. And the parents, maybe they either in the room and she just stumbled to come out that day to, And it was just stones and men. And that actually was a drive for me because <laughs> anybody can have a child with autism. Anybody can.
1: So thanks a lot for sharing for sharing that actually, because um one of things we're wanting to talk about and ask you, um, which you've more or less segued into for us is um w- w- what are your what are your thoughts on what someone can do um in Nigeria if they have a child with special needs. Um you know, which can include autism or other kinds of um, special needs issues. Um, Because obviously um, there there are, so I think there's two, so just from my own experience, when I was, when I was practicing in Nigeria, um, there are two kinds of challenges. The first challenge, which I think most people are aware of is there's not enough resources, right? Um, But the second challenge, which I think is a more almost insidious one is there are some resources that exist. There's not enough, but there are. But people don't even know the ones that exist, which is a slightly different problem, you know. So, yes, there's not enough resources, um, which you could argue is a problem everywhere to different degrees. So even in the UK and the US, there's still not enough resources either. Um, obviously, to a different level than in Nigeria. But the other challenge which I find found interesting was people were not even aware of the resources that did exist. Um, and that they could take advantage of. So what's able to share in in the way of, A, resources, um, but in general, that people could do, and then also just in general, sort of how to engage. So you have shared something, you said something interesting that if you meet a child with autism, you've only met one child with autism. Um, So obviously there's there's that uniqueness, but also um, there are some things that, you know, there are not commonalities per se, but there are some as maybe general principles that one can use to guide one in engaging with with, with especially as a parent of such you know of a child with, with special needs. Um so yeah just what 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 would you be able to share? So a resources and B sort of general principles um for parenting. Um okay. And then if you still want to get into maybe what other people can do to support as well.
2: Right. So, um, number one, you, you, you can't know the resource to use or the way to use what to do with a child with autism. If you don't even know about autism in the first place, most times, um, one of the difficulties, one of the challenges I have with, um, Parents that are just newly, uh, that have a child that's been newly um, diagnosed with autism is that they don't even know what it is. Maybe at that time it's confusion. You know, you, you have the confusing part. You have a, then it goes into anger. Then it goes into it's a roller coaster of emotions for them. So number one, they need to know that they are not alone. They are not alone. And it's like Africa, especially Nigeria, where we, where we are, we feel that children with special needs, not autism this time around, often with special needs, they feel maybe the parents have used them for ritual needs, uh ritualist purpose. They feel that, oh, um, it's majorly the um, the sickness of the rich. It doesn't have, have, happen to the poor. Um, maybe um, the mom was taking... Um, multivitamins from supplements when she was pregnant from abroad so it's an abroad thing it's not a Nigerian thing we have the misconception first about what special needs is all about so it comes to a a plate of even sensitizing people what autism is all about before you even give them the resources they need to know what it is so um, you've got um, Centers where um, therapists go on that work with children of special needs. You have them some have video programs, some work have walking hospitals where you can walk in. And one of the banks in Nigeria now actually does um, autism awareness um, month. Does it like what? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, that yeah. I remember. GTV. Yeah, I remember. And yeah.
2: when you when you in that gathering, you meet. People that are well knowledgeable about this, you meet people that have the resources, and um, you you meet people that can give you the right um, that can give you informations you need because they say information is power. So when you have information about autism, I don't I think um, like seventy percent of your problem is as good as solved because you really need to know the informations. You really need to know what your child needs per se. Now I'm talking about the resources. When you're talking about um centers that work with children, yes, um there are quite a bit centers in Abuja where I say There are quite some um, centers, but they are very very expensive. A a family where the father, where it's only the father work that works, might not be able to afford them. We have centers charging as much as 500k for therapy for three months. And uh, now, that might not be the only child.
0: How much is even um, living, <laughs> like salary, cost of you living understand. already? Yeah.
2: You understand. So, you find out that uh, once a child is like, now, they, uh, what the mothers actually fear, what happens to marriages once a child is being diagnosed with autism or special needs, you find out that 90% there's always a break. There's always a divorce. Because one person wants to put it on another person. Another person wants to put it on another person. And I think the stress of having children with special needs is too much on them. So what I do advise for parents is pause, breathe. You are human. God has got you. So for the resources, well, resources, for um, the resources available. Yes, there are resources available. It could be expensive, but it can be recreated. That is what I actually help parents do. You mustn't, you could, a parent that has been properly guided by a therapist will know what to do at home. That using the same um, resources, but maybe a variety of it. Okay, like um uh, normally in our, our Montessori class, um you have where you have a um, spooning of grain from from cup to cup or from jar to jar. Now you can recreate that in your house. You could just get a tray in your house, put um. Put rice there, get some food coloring to pour into the rice to give it some beautiful color. Give your child a spoon for the child to pour the rice from this bowl to this bowl without having a spill. Now, is that not in your house? Have you not taught the child how to turn from right to left? You're teaching the child basically how to write because when we write, we from left to right, you're actually teaching the child already. The child knows that when he makes a mess, he cleans it up. So when the child grows up in life, when the child makes a mess, he bears the consequences. So now that is just teaching, but outside the classroom. Because if you're waiting for money for therapy, because that is a problem that parents actually do, hardly would you see a child that therapy on time in Nigeria because the knowledge about the problem is not even there. So if the knowledge is there, get a support group. There are support groups everywhere, even in schools. They have parents with children that have like problems. They sit down and they share information they talk. No, some children actually have, um, autism. Some are dyslexic. Some have, um, oper- um, 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 disorder. Some have, um, um, some have the, the, upper, um, attention disorder syndrome. So when you sit down with parents that you and your children have, um, your children, like both children have um, common or similar um, symptoms. You can begin to share information on that. You could begin to talk about food because food also plays important key, important role into this. What is my child supposed to take? My child is supposed to take gluten-free food. That's why I say information is power. Once you get information, once, once the parents are willing to get information, the, the resources are out there. We have internet now. Everything is online. Even if you want to care for your child um, with autism on how to button their shirts, you don't even need um, resources from abroad. You can do your own. Yeah. When, I, when I worked with a parent, when I am um, on recreating for... Um, tying of shoelace. What I asked the parents to do was get a cardboard paper because it's strong, laminate it, get a perforator, go to a cyber cafe, perforate round, go to Malam, buy one shoelace. And the child has begun to lace shoes. You don't need all those, um, demo, demo, demo. You just need to. Align yourself with people that have this information and can just show you. The resources, we have the resources in Nigeria, but they are very, very expensive. Very expensive. Very expensive. It's out there. It's everywhere. But how many people can afford it? And things keep going up every day. So if I would have wanted the educational sector to subsidize, this is something that actually needs Subsidy, if they can subsidize fee for therapy, it will go a long way. It's going to boost these children's confidence. It's going to be a breather for the parents. Now, you have some children on one on one class and they are doing mainstreaming. Mainstreaming means when they go into the bigger classroom. Most time, you pay separately for therapy and you pay separately for school fee. Let's say therapy is five hundred thousand. School fee is three hundred thousand. So for this child per three months, you are paying eight hundred thousand naira. How much? And that's is a guy? lot. That's a lot. That's a lot.
0: And that, that might not end up being yeah. the only child you have.
2: Yeah. Is, that's this, you still have all strength. You still have food. You have medicine.
1: But I, I mean, I suppose this one of the challenges that uh, we have because in Nigeria, where we haven't got. So I mean, again. I often think about in places like here in the UK, for instance, where a lot of this stuff is covered in the NHS. If it wasn't covered by the NHS, most people simply wouldn't be able to afford it.
2: I mean, even ordinary
1: therapy. Ordinary therapy for, like, adults is booked out sometimes between anywhere from 6 to 18 months. And people still... So if you have depression, for instance, you can't see a therapist for, imagine, for, like, 12 months, for instance. So you have to just sort of put your depression on ice. And that's here in the UK. Now, obviously, there's private, but then again, you now have the question of how many people can afford private. Um, and then that, that's the issue. So I suppose this is again, one of those problems you have in Nigeria, where because a lot of things have been taken seriously by the government, um, yeah. the only option is private. You yeah. can't really ask, you know, private anywhere is never cheap. It's not you cheap. Know, not just in Nigeria, it's not cheap anywhere the problem yeah. is the advantage is just know, that in other places there are public options yeah
0: mm-hmm. but even the private dimension in Nigeria, you know it's tied to employment and not every employer rises up to that level because there's no um man- there's no mandate by the yeah but yeah it's
1: tied it's tied I mean, but we have US, we have
0: it's tied but we have medicaid but we have a Medicare. government has Yes, yes, it's subsidized. They have other ways for people that are not employed. If you yeah, meet the exactly. particular so threshold, it, that,
1: yeah. If you come down to, government. It still comes down to yeah, the leadership and what is in place. Yeah, yeah. Because
0: in Nigeria, what we run is just out-of-pocket um, model, you know.
2: It's out-of-pocket. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying that if, if government can actually subsidize this, it should go a long way. There's no subsidy for this. It is not even called back in the NHIS. It takes a toll.
1: It's not on the radar. It's not. It's not, it's that, not I'm
2: because autism just became a news, just became a story, which they and we are not getting enough publicity about it. It's still not out there. Not everybody knows about it. We're still trying to make people talk about it. It's not there even because at times I feel that like if government wants to subsidize anything in education, this should be it. Private wants to make their money. The reason why people start up businesses is for private. As it should,
0: because it takes a lot of opportunity. Yes. Because it's they have huge operational costs in Nigeria, yes. so they have to be profit driven. So they're profit- even anywhere else in the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't blame them.
2: And, there is no government institution that you... Okay, they have school for the blind, they have school, special school for the deaf, but there is no special school for people with autism. There is no. In the all 36 states of the Federation, there is no special school run by government, run by government for children with autism.
0: Could that be also be reflective of how most people don't even believe in autism? Because I remember growing up now, I had an, because I I didn't think about it until much later in my life, maybe about a few years ago. My neighbor had a child who they would lock up. And if I think about now, they were severely autistic, but they would lock that child up. Nobody even knew. She would never talk about, they made it such a way that they could never talk about this person as a member of their family. And they would lock her up all day long. She would make all kinds of noises. And I realized that that was autism, but they, they were in well-equipped, and I don't blame them for doing that. Could that also be reflecting on just how autism and, you know, all those neurodivergent issues, we still don't have that proper public education on just what it's like and how to handle them, you know? And the government might be a reflection of that because they're not putting money into it. And don't get me wrong, what you have to complain about in uh, autism, um, um, care and provision of, you know, proper healthcare. It's the same thing we can complain about other parts of of Nigeria's um, infrastructure. Schools, you know, safety, road, water. Like, there's so many issues in that country. Don't get me wrong.
1: Something that comes to mind is I think about the fact that, you know, when in the 80s, right, there were there were all these campaigns about ORS, um, for instance, I, I, you know, or, so for instance, everybody knew about ORS, that oh, if your child is having diarrhea, this is what to do. This is the mixture. It was on the radio, it was on the telly. Um, later on, there was the whole campaign about malaria, right, where you understand that, okay, you take medicine, you take paracetamol, or whatever, and if after, you know, like, everybody, you know, we, we even still jokingly say, if after two days, you know better, go see your doctor. Mm-hmm right that's how much you know so those were things that you know governments took seriously and said people need to know about this this is a real problem and they need to be educated so it's it's similar like if if you want you know as a nation to for people to take something seriously we know how to do it we've successfully done it in the past so clearly the knowledge is there the question what is lacking is the will you know, the, the the taking it seriously and actually doing something about it because we've seen them do stuff where they've cared, where they've thought it was important. And, you know, even like, even, even you know, where the Ebola happened recently and again with COVID, again, you've seen, you know, the government has in fact actually stepped up. So clearly there's that ability there with all the issues. There's that ability to step up and take action. The question now is, what is it applied to and what is it not applied to?
2: Well, I feel that the, the government actually have their um, list of priorities because number one like I said earlier, people are not really talking about autism. If the way people are talking about if it was if people talk about autism the way they talk about COVID nineteen, government would have stepped in. If the if people talk about autism, or especially the way people talk about Ebola because of the fatality rates, it would have been listened to. If you know the key, we you know they put the body there. How many people have the autism killed? That is what they were asking themselves. It is not contagious now, so why should we make all the noise? You understand So the thing is that people are not really talking about this. People are not really seeing this, that in the nearest future, you would see for every five kids you see, you see two with special needs. People are not talking about it. And you know know something about autism? Autism is not, um, it's not sickness. You can meet someone with autism and not even know the person has autism.
0: Oh yeah, it doesn't it show doesn't the face. Mean. But when you say people are not talking about it, but you are one of the people talking about it. at out the spread you said you met. GTB. And I think it still go back it goes back to the government doing something because I'm sure people are talking the, the, about the, it. You may not be Shek hearing it. It
2: is not that much. The publicity is not there is a way you 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 have this sensitization, you have this publicity. Every nook and cranny of the nation will be hearing about. It's even like a corolla outbreak. Oh, um,
0: oh, um, oh. Anyways, ah, uh, there's still a long way to go. Um, there is a,
2: that. There's a long way. Yeah,
0: go. yeah, yeah. I know you. Right now, you've transitioned to a different kind of job. That's taking away from the classroom, but I know that your passion still remains in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And even before we start recording off script, you're we talking about your goal, your dream is to start something. Um, if you could have your one wish granted to you along this line of you know autism awareness and providing support for people from low resource countries like ours, what would be your um, your dream? How would that what would that dream look like when it comes true? Okay, um, my my big dream. The big dream for me is to have
2: a center for autistic children. I would want a boarding and a day for it, where resources will be given at the barest minimum of price, possibly free. It's going to be a a NGO. I would want um, kids to get the therapy they so need. I would want to um, help. Onboarding parents with children with special needs, I would the the passion they go is to see as many of them being independent. When a child is being independent, the child does not need these are therapists anymore. They can live on their own. They can function in the society. That is what I want. For autistic children functioning in the society on their own, without help, without uh, without anyone around them, they can get a job, be on the job, earn, earn money, and just have a life and a future and a goal. Why I said boarding? Most parents with children with autism... The question that actually comes to their hand is at my demise, what happens to my child? Who cares for this child? That is a big problem. That is a big question. So if I can have a place that the parents can can just trust, to be like, oh, there is a place where these children can go and they still get the same care that I give to them a center where they can trust not to even take advantage of the child to start with, or their world to start with. A center that they know that would continue when they are gone. So, honey, that is the big dream. That mm-hmm.
0: How much is that? Do you not have a, a budget, like, you know, what that's going to look like to get started? Do you have a business plan? So, uh, I don't I'm just trying out there in case somebody <laughs> is listening that wants to support it because it seems very passionate. So uh, <laughs> I consider myself throwing money at this project.
2: <laughs> but I don't know what it's going to cost. I don't know what it's going to cost. Maybe that's why I picked up the, the job that I picked up because I actually yeah. have a target for me, for myself. And everybody says, Chabadwe okay. is side also. Chabadwe is also. And I'm like, no, there, there, there's a dream. There, there's a, There's a vision. There's a vision. Though the Bible says, "Write it down, so that he that sees it can run with it." Yes, there's a vision. There's the. Yeah. I am yet to write it down. I'm yet to, to because yeah. we're talking about acquiring a land, building up structures, making sure that the sub- structures are accident-proof, um, gaining trust from parents, them not feeling that we want to use their children for, for jobs. You know, well, that is what yeah, is things re- like that. That is
0: what used to in this. Yes, superstitions and all uh,
2: people when they when they're not help, for help, when they don't pay for help, they're bound to question the help they are getting. You understand? So it's just a build. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So how about you do this? Why not get a business plan together and let's talk to, off camera? Um I I have an idea of someone who might be like an angel investor who might be interested in you, know, I can put you through with her, but she's very thorough at what she does. Okay. You need a solid business plan, um, uh, operational costs, how you plan to break, you know, um, um, even with you know your profit and all that. Let's talk after after this. But I think what you have going already, your passion is good enough. If you were to have a center to equip parents. Yes. Because we know in countries like us, until the government steps in, but at you we can do, like you said, information, equipping these parents, perhaps that can also keep generating the buzz around, you know, autism and special needs. It's such a wide spectrum. Chances are most people listening to this already have children or worried who might be, you know, struggling with this. And a little information goes a long way. Now, um, last question, and probably we're going to end with this. I know you've um, done a, a switch in your career, you've pivoted. You work you now work as um, an um administrator, excuse me. You work as an admin office. Yeah, yeah admin ad, I work as an administrator officer at the National Space Research and Development Agency. Yeah. Um, a little bit of a background is that this is a parastatal under the federal ministry of I think science and is technology, something. and it's based in yeah, Lugbe in Abuja. Yeah. They've um it's in cooperation with other countries like China, Ukraine, and Russia, cuts <laughs> in. In other languages, <laughs> it was established, um, in 1999 then by the president, um, Olushegor Basanjo. And really, they wanted to find a place to do like research and development around space science. Um, they have an operational budget then of about $93 million, if I recall. And since then, they've been, their goal was to have somebody like a Nigeria to launch a its, um, satellite, a
2: rocket, yeah,
0: <laughs> by 20. Yes. Um, by 2030 to have um, a rocket launch. And I remember when that news broke. Trust Nigerians and their memes now. <laughs> They're like, what a waste. You know, um, so there's the Nigeria ComSat 2, there's the Sat 3. But anyways, my question for you is this. Why Space Agency and what's the day in the life of you know, someone who works in a space um, um, research agency?
2: Um, the Space Agency is actually a fun place to work in. Really fun. Um, it actually blows your mind. Um... Okay, like everything we talk about. Um the thing is that um everything we talk about launching a Nigerian satellite on within on a Nigerian launch pad with a Nigerian astronaut. Yes, um the agency is doing everything within its part to see that being attained, and um it could be done sooner than everybody really anticipates about. Oh then um a day to day live um at work, man, work is really hectic for me. We, because we have goals, we have targets. Um, we have um, we have um, for each person, for each um, department, we have targets you must meet. Um, because of it's a re- research and development agency, you have to be up on your tools. You need to know what is going on in the astronomy field part-time. Now um we've got I've got some of my colleagues working alongside NASA providing data for them. I have um some of my colleagues monitoring lightning, the, uh, monitoring um the agricultural process of the country. Um we are in collaboration with lots of federal uh, with other government agencies on our part. So it it's an everyday being that, um, it's also an institution we have. We can boast of, um, a university, like we are affiliated to a university where you can read courses in GIS and astronomy and all that. So, um, for each day, so it, it's load full of activity is load full of activity. So, um, you wouldn't say there's nothing to do because. If you look at it, 2030s, how many years from now? We don't really have time. There's no time to actually sit around and want to actualize, if not everything, majority of what the Nigerian government actually set up the agency for. We want to make a name for ourselves. So, you understand? So, it's basically that.
1: I was going to say, uh, Choma, that I found interesting that... um, um, you know, on one hand, you're very interested in space, mm. but then on the other hand, you're also interested in autism, <laughs> which is like inner space.
0: <laughs> so she matters. She she occupies space. Have
2: you have you have you been to have you been to a planetarium before? Have you had a feel of it? Mm-hmm. I have stimu- stimulation of being in space.
1: I have not actually. I actually.
2: have, I have, I have. You, see, you see that weightlessness? You yes, say? I have. I that have. is what most yeah. children on the spectrum Aww. actually feel. That's why most people, you see them uh, like flap their uh, hands. Yeah, drop, flapping. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they are trying yeah, to emulate yeah, yeah. their body. They feel that weightlessness. Aww. Aww. So Aww. you can see the way they So that is just it. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Do you have any plans? I don't know if 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 you do tours or anything like school tours in yes, your we, office we ha- or
2: anything We have a like museum. That. We have
1: a. I was wondering if you have any? Yeah, I was wondering if you've had any, if you had the chance to bring any sort of, you know, class that includes special needs kids. Um.
2: Uh, no, we've not been um, opportunity to have children with special needs in the museum. Not to my knowledge, though. Um, most of the time it's actually the school that actually writes to the agency they want to come over for the for the tour. Not like we seeking out the children. You understand? Know, sense, it's actually bringing them okay. over. But I would love I think I'm dying to see one or two children with What is it? Come in. It's going to be wow. Well, because you know, yeah. you know something about children' with autism, They are good with dates. They are good with data. There was one I actually told. She loved masks. So by the time you come and you're giving them dates, they would never forget it. it will be an experience of a lifetime for them.
0: For them. For them. Final question. I promise to be this. So you, you, you have a a fair understanding of just some of the needs we need. And I'm not trying to be witty with my um, comments. As long as um, children with special needs, and then you also see the, working with the um, government facility, I imagine that you see all of the wastage and the redundancy. Do you think like space exploration especially the commitment to get somebody to the moon or Mars by 2030, do you think that should be a top priority for a country like Nigeria that already has, you know, a lot of challenges in different areas?
2: Yes, it should be, um, it should be a, a top priority for Nigeria. Because when you're talking about putting money in space, most of time it's not actually about putting money in space. Putting money in space for what? Putting a rocket in space for what? You understand. There are so many things. I can say you put a satellite in space. It could be for security. We have lots of banditry. We have lots of kidnaps. If we've got a satellite that we could trace down wherever the eyes out is, it's still saving lives. An autistic child cannot walk out freely if she'll get kidnapped in the next five seconds. Or if we have a satellite that can actually show GPS, show us the danger there. Or if we have um, a satellite that can even tell us about um, the climate change and all that, the floods and all that. So it's actually it's actually like saving life first. So it's um, I feel they can walk in, can walk hand in hand. No one is more important than the other. They work together because... Actually, when you're talking about space, you're not talking about just going tourism to Mars and coming back. No. There are a lot of... There are a lot of things into space science. There are a lot of things that make up space science. So... um, so when you look at it, because when you're talking about space, you're borrowing into other fields, you're borrowing in from agriculture, you're borrowing in from security, you're borrowing in from even the schools, on which land we they be built on? How arid is the land? How, how um, erosion-free is the land? You get that from all the satellites you need and all that. So, even the location of the place you want to build the school, you need satellites to actually tell you where it is. So, but yeah. says, yeah.
0: work for you know what? Even as you were talking about it, to be fair, I think if we did it right, mm. scientific discoveries, uniting the nation, because mm-hmm. I recall, I wasn't born then, but I, from historical records, 1963 was one of the greatest years for America, because regardless of your political lines, everybody was united, and JFK then, the then-president, You know, they funded, you know, that's when they tried to, you know, get man on the moon and whatnot, but everybody was excited. You know, even when, you know, he made that first step, you know, this is one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. But anyways, it kind of united the country and I would like that for Nigeria because we're in a space where this time around we're kind of fragmented with, you know, divided by... Geopolitical lines of tribes and, and religion. Perhaps one thing that can unite us, you know, and again, it puts Nigeria in the forefront. Yeah. We've conquered in entertainment mm-hmm. with Amun Tobi, you know, yeah. breaking her own world record. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's another feather to add to our heart of, you know, achievements to be excited about and perhaps even really. that greatness in nigeria because with space exploration it drives innovation there's there's a technology it drives you know collaboration and if we can make that successful maybe we can borrow that templates and improve other sectors you know um of the country that's all for me choma you have you have been, um, so patient with us. Thank Thanks for sticking thank through all of know. the technical mm-hmm. issues we had from squadcast to, <laughs> to squadcast back to zoom and Squadcast back to zoom. And your passion didn't win as you were talking about things you were interested in. And now we've lost our midday, oh. but I want to say thank you. And I owe you lunch. I really owe you lunch. <laughs> so I'll, I would, I would text you to set that up. Like, you know, I owe you lunch for your patience. I think, and I wish you all the best in all of your endeavors, you know, be it space or even creating space. Yeah for um kids with uh, and their and their parents and those who love them with you know special needs again um let's chat afterwards to talk about your business plan and just what that would look like i think you've got something going on um, as best as we can i'd like to encourage you even putting you through somebody who can you know p- potentially make that dream come through for you um on behalf of everyone on the show i want to say thank you so much and if there are other times you'd like to come back on the show do we talk about your other project or even continue on in this conversation we hope you consider coming back again and we promise by then we won't have all <laughs> the snuff we had today with our technology so this is why nigerian is that space maybe technology will be better no, all around the world
1: i said you said promise network will be better i was just thinking let's better not make promises we can't keep
0: <laughs> i'm nigerian i'm nigerian we always we always we always talk about checks so that we can never cash doesn't enjoy me. In any event, um Chama, thank you, thank you so much. Um, I appreciate your time today thank on the you. show. All right, guys. This has been the show with Mo and me day. we hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, don't forget to catch up another episode of the podcast. And uh stay safe, everyone. All right, um Chema, your episode-